Well, we're going to be talking about praise and worship because we need to we need to make a, an adjustment in the area of praise and worship. You know, I've talked about how the importance, how important worship is to bringing in the presence of the Lord. And that's what we want. Everybody want that the presence of the Lord. So what happens in the presence of the Lord? A lot. <laughs> a lot. People are healed. People are delivered. People are set free. People are uh, um, healed of emotional hurts and wounds. But what happens when the presence of the Lord comes in? What happens? Freedom. Freedom. Yeah, who said that? Joy. Joy. Yeah, the presence of the Lord. Amen. Oh, but you know what? What? What if, if, if we need, um, let's say we need healing, we need to get rid of discouragement, we need to get rid of um, hurts and wounds, we need to get rid of um, depression, all those things, and we welcome the presence of the Lord, and he is light. So we welcome the presence of the Lord, and light dispels darkness. And the things that are oppressive, whether it's healing, whether whatever it is, it's darkness, isn't it? So when we welcome his presence, it dispels the darkness. Amen? Can you, think, can, can you just picture a force, a force of people worshiping and praising what that would do in this area? A force of that happening? Not, I'm not saying getting up and singing three songs. And this is God, whatever, singing three songs. I'm talking about worshiping out of your heart. Worshiping out of your heart. There's nobody else. Nobody else that deserves our praise but God our Father. Jesus is Lord. Amen? Nobody else deserves our praise. And when you get a heart to praise him, things change. I'm, I'm serious. Things change. And I'll tell you the message that I have. And, and I, I don't really care if we go along today. So just be ready. <laughs> you know, because God's got things he wants to do and he wants he's preparing each one of us even myself he's preparing each one of us for what what is coming um that song that we just sang i I appreciate him doing that because that that word was a similar word was just given to me two weeks ago in in the church in tulsa so i just want you to be encouraged because it's coming it really is that word that word was it was more relevant this two weeks ago than it is now, but it's the same thing, same thing. It's coming. And so he has been after us, including me to ready ourselves so that we're in a place immediately. We can worship. We're in a place immediately where we can pray in the spirit. We're in a place immediately where we can read our word immediately. Because when I say immediately, we need to know that's the first place to go to. That's the first thing to do. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you in that. We're, we're going to focus on um, worship today. And so um, if you want to turn to uh, Psalm 122, please. Okay, no pages. That means everybody's got their phones on. <laughs> well, I'm going to make noise. Psalm 122, 1. And this is, I, I'm just encouraging you in place a place of worship. And, and this, already just putting this together. And I will say, I had, I had listened to another minister. And, and he's dealing with his church. He's, come on, come on, guys, worship. Come on, worship. 
This is what's going to bring revival in. This is what's going to bring revival. This is what's going to bring change in your hearts. You want to get rid of junk? Worship. You want to get rid of something? You want to be better than who you are? Worship. I mean, you're the best you can be in Christ Jesus, but we all got things that are slowing us down. You know what I mean? We all got these weights and we need to get rid of them. And so worship, worship, exalt him. And, you know, I've told you before, when you exalt the name of Jesus, everything else has to bow its knee because you made a choice to surrender to his lordship. And when you make a choice to surrender to his lordship, what happens to the things you've been carrying around all week in your bag of junk? They all fall off, don't they? We don't need to carry that stuff. But we do. We carry it in here every Sunday. We do. We do. Unknowingly sometimes. Sometimes knowingly. But we carry it in here. And that's why the word is so good to hear the word. To be in church. To be in worship. And be with uh, believers of like faith. It's it's, It's so good because then you walk out of here and you're free. You're ready to go for the next week. Amen? Amen. Okay, God is so good. Psalms one twenty two one. I'm going to just, I'm going to just, I'm going to get to a place that's it's so exciting to me, and I think it'll be exciting to you. But we're going to do a little background here, and like I said, it doesn't matter to me if we go long because it's important. Psalms one twenty two one. This is the attitude that we need to come to church with and to worship with. Psalms 122.1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go. I was glad. Are you rejoicing when you come to the house of the Lord? Because you know you're going to hear the word. You know you're going to get to worship. You know you're going to get to be around somebody that thinks and believes the same way you are. Are you glad? Are you rejoicing on the way to church? Are you rejoicing when you get up? It should be that way every day, guys. Every day. It should be an opportunity to rejoice. And dispel the darkness. So much of the time, enemy, the enemy wakes us up instead of God waking us up with cares and anxieties and worries. He wakes us up. So what's our answer to that? <laughs> Not everybody at once, please. <laughs> what's our answer to that? Worship. Praise. Instead of going, oh, I gotta do this. I gotta take a test at school today. I gotta do, I don't really wanna do that. Well, stop with your mouth first and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that my day is ordered by you. And I just wanna praise you and I thank you. I thank you, Father, that you're on my side. You're for me, you're not against me. Thank you, Father, that you reveal your instructions and your plans for me today. I wanna live for you. I wanna serve you. I wanna do something to bring you glory. Amen. I want to do something to bring you glory today. That's our heart. That's our heart cry. That's our heart cry as a believer because you haven't, you're not your own boss. You know, you've been paid, paid for, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. You're here to serve him, not yourself. Once you start serving him, everything else will line up. Everything else will line up. Now, I'm not saying it's a immediate thing but you start serving him then he'll start lining everything up for you amen so we look at this psalms 120 i was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of the lord let's look at psalms 100 then 100 i'm gonna read this one out of the amplified um 
Psalms 100. I'm turning pages. You guys can rustle your pages if you want to make me know you're turning your pages anyway. (laughs) Psalms 100. This is what we do when we get here. We make a joyful noise to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Amen? Come before his presence with singing. Okay. The presence of the Lord. How many of you expect when you come to church, you expect in here the presence of the Lord to manifest? How many of you do that? Mm -hmm. Amen. Good, good. That's right. That's what we want. We want more and more of that. Um, let's go to Psalms 22.3, please. And this is a, uh, the King James. I don't have this up here, but I did write it out. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. There's the first scripture verse where we praise him and he inhabits our praises. You want things to change in your life? Praise God. You want things to happen? Praise God, because he inhabits your praises. What does that mean? What does that mean? He inhabits your praises. What does that mean? Okay, let's see. Let's say um, she's been praising and praising and praising. Thank you, Jesus, for that anointing, that healing. Praising and praising. So God inhabits. God comes right in and gets in her business. Amen? Just like he is right now, getting in her business. (laughs) Amen? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your healing virtue. Thank you, Father, for your presence, causing everything to recover quickly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So God gets in your business when you start praising him. But that's what you want, though, right? You want him to get involved in what's going on because praise and worship dispels darkness. Amen? Okay, so... Um, another place where it talks about it having to praise us, and we don't need to turn there, is Zechariah 2.10. There's about three places. And, you know, there's always three things that will confirm in the word each other, and that's the second one. Um, and so God will inhabit. He um, did that in the Old Testament. He did it in the New, and he's still going to continue to do it. He's doing it for us when we worship and praise him. Um, we're, we're wanting to usher in the present, the glory, his, his light. It's the same as saying his glory. You know, we want the manifestation of his glory in our services. Amen. And so um, what happens if you don't sense his presence? What do you do? What would you do? If, if you're in your own private time of worship and you don't sense him, how many of you sensed his presence before? Whether in church or in your own personal time, you sensed his presence. Anyone, anybody want to try to describe that? Peace. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else? Joy. Who said that? Joy. Oh, joy. Yeah. Joy. Just a, oh, it's just, oh man, I'm just going to stay right here. I'm just going to, and it's like, I don't want to breathe in case he leaves. <laughs> you know, you just want to, I mean, you sit in his presence, you just go, I mean, not really like that, but you know, it's just so wonderful. 
It's just so wonderful. I think Jerry announced about Wednesday nights are a little bit different now. You did announce that, didn't you? Yeah. And so it's just it's just so wonderful to be in his presence. And so we wanna we wanna do that and we wanna not only do it here, but we wanna do it in our own personal our own personal time. The presence of law, I tell you, it just it just gets rid of all the junk that's going on. It brings such a peace you could handle a tornado coming through the house. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm I'm not I'm serious about that. You can do that. Amen. Anyway, um, so if, if you don't sense his presence, would you just stop? Would you stop worshiping? Would you stop praising? If you don't sense his presence right that, do you stop? No. You want to keep going. You want to keep going and worshiping him. Worshiping him. And if you're not paying any attention to him and your heart isn't in it, do you think he's going to show up? Huh? No. Why would he? You're not expecting him to. If you don't have a heart to worship and to praise him and you're not doing it, why would you expect him to show up? He's not interested in doing that. He's not interested in showing up if you're not going to worship him and praise him. Amen? Okay. So, um, I mean, you know, we talk, let's go to Acts 3 5. Let's look at the, a little bit of the expecting thing. And this will be familiar to you. Um, this was where. Um, um, they were, the beggar was laying, um, at the, at the gate. And, um, at that time, um, uh, verse four, we can stop was Acts three, four. We start with four and Peter along with John fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us. And he began to give his attention, expecting to receive something from them, expecting to receive something from him. From them. When we come to church, I've told you this before, I'm always expecting to receive. Always. Now I'm in a different position. <laughs> I gotta make sure I'm giving out what God wants to give out. But I always, I always put a demand upon the gift and the calling and I expect to receive something from the word, from worship. I expect to receive it. Amen? And so let's look at uh, James 1 7 with that. Along with that, most of you probably can quote that. James 1, 7, for let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Why doesn't he receive anything from the Lord? Because he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So if you think this and then you think this, don't expect to receive. If you worship and then you walk away and you don't, you don't, because you don't sense anything going on or that doesn't work, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Right? Right? Yeah, that's right. I'll answer my own statement. Okay. Um, I really believe after you've heard this message, you won't have the same view of worship that you did when you came in here. And I think you're going to be hungry and thirsty to do it more because you know that when you worship him, when you spend time worshiping him, he dispels. (laughs) He dispels. He gets rid of. That's right. He dispels the darkness. Amen. Okay, let's look at Psalm 42.11, please. Psalm 42.11. We're spending a lot of time in Psalms because it is... <laughs> yes, amen. 42.11. And um, this is... Um, 
Why are you in despair? This is kind of what we were talking about. Oh, my soul. And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Praising God no matter what the circumstance looks like. Um, I know when I was first walking in the things of God, you know, I get into a situation that was anxious or full of worry, that kind of thing. It took me a while because I'd be right in the middle of the trees. It took me a while to get busy and pray or worship. And that, that happens. We get so in the middle of the trees, the forest, the things that are going on, we forget to worship. We forget to praise. We forget to pray. And those things then start overwhelming us. Start, just keep pressing down, pressing down, pressing down, pressing down. That's what the enemy likes to do. And his, his schemes and tactics aren't new every day. They're the same old. They're the same old, same old, same old. So if you've, if you um, bowed before, he's going to use the same trick to make you bow again. I'm talking about the enemy. He's going to use the same trick. So recognize the trick and get rid of it. Recognize the scheme and tactic. Get rid of it. And then worship and let God move in there and fill that void area with his love. Isn't he love? He's love. So when we love him, what's happening? You've heard this in service before. When I sense that anointing of love coming down, when we love him, he loves us back. He pours out his love and fills us full to overflowing. Not that we don't already have the love shed abroad in our heart. But he's always wanting to love us and accept us and meet every need that we have. He's such a good God, isn't he? Is he a good God or not? Yes. Yeah, yeah, amen. Okay, so um, so you, you, you want to worship and praise no matter what's going on. Worship and praise no matter what's going on. Praise him, amen. Let's look at Psalm 50, 23. I'm just going to go over... 50.23 says, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. You know, that's a, that's a sacrifice of thanksgiving when you don't feel like it. It's, it's a sacrifice when you don't want to. It's a sacrifice when you're, you're in pain. It's a sacrifice when you've just gotten a bad report. It's a sacrifice when things aren't going right financially. It's a sacrifice... He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. The, that salvation word, you can put the deliverance. Everything that he did in salvation. I shall show the healing of God. I shall show the blessing of God, the financial need met. Amen. He who offers a sacrifice of praise. Of thanksgiving honors me. You honor the Lord when you do that. Amen? Okay, let's look at 57. Psalm 57, please. 57, 7. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises. So our heart is always steadfast. Being quick to do that. Quick to do that no matter what hurts. No matter what hurts, to be quick to do that. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's look at Psalm 91. 
Psalm 91 is out of the Amplified again. Oops. We're going to break this down a little bit more before I get to this fun part. (laughs) Psalm 91. Amplified. um, Verse 14, I believe. Okay, 14. Oops. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I almost read you the wrong thing. That wouldn't be good, would it? Okay, Psalm 91, 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name, has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness, trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. I I shall call upon He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Again, deliverance, whatever the need is, the salvation encompasses all of that. So when we love God, God moves to produce a deliverance on our behalf. When we love on him, when we worship him, that sacrifice of praise, amen, he moves um, it's, it's like a, it, you, can, you can label that spiritual warfare if you'd like. It's all parts. See, prayer and worship all work together. That's why we're moving more into worship on Wednesday nights. Still prayer, of course. I, I'm a firm believer of building yourself up in your most holy faith, keeping yourself in the love of God. But there's a place where worship and prayer work together, and they have to work together synonymously. Look at Paul and Silas. They prayed and they praised. They prayed and they praised. And so did the devil come on the scene? No, he didn't, did he? Who came on the scene? You guys know this story, don't you? Paul and Silas prayed and praised and the whole place shook. Now, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if the whole place shook when we pray and praise here. Amen? I wouldn't be surprised a bit. See, God's just making his presence known. And he's doing, he's doing something in, that, in the midst of that. Amen? Okay. This should be a lifestyle for us. should be a lifestyle. We should be in a place of steadfastness. Amen? And holding fast to the praise and worship. And it's a decision. Again, it's a decision we make to praise and worship. And to be quick to do it. And I wasn't always that way. I wasn't always quick to get into a place of worship and praise, but I had to, I had to walk that out, had to learn that, oh, uh, that's the flesh doing that, and I gotta do this, I really need to do that, I don't really wanna, I don't feel like I wanna go over here and, and sit down and cry and bawl. That's what I wanna do, that makes me feel better. No, worship. Make a choice to worship instead. Make a choice to worship and give Him glory. And give him praise because then he swoops in. He swoops in and he dispels. What is it? Darkness. Okay, some of you are getting that, I think. All right. Um, so we don't, we don't wait in here for a move of the Spirit, do we? We don't wait for a move of the Spirit. We bring God's presence in here to, to bring the move of the Spirit, Right? By worship and praise. So you don't start worshiping and praising when God, when um, waiting for the move of the Spirit. 
Did I say that right? I didn't say that right. We we don't wait for the move of the Spirit. We start worshiping and praising. I said that right that time. We worship and praise and bring His, the move of the Spirit, in. Whether you're by yourself or whether you're in a group, you worship and praise and the, the Spirit then moves. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we know that happens here. We know that happens, but I think there's been an oppressive thing. And, and it encouraged me when I saw another pastor preaching a similar thing, trying to get the oppression off of the church. But you know what? The enemy would do that. He would oppress everybody so that we don't worship and we don't praise and we don't give God glory. Because what's that mean to the devil? When we start doing that, we start u- doing it in a unified voice. That means we're getting God and His and, and Him on the scene and His presence here, and His glory is going to start manifesting, and people are going to start getting healed, and more people are going to come, and they're going to want to get Jesus, and they're want, going to want to get healed. The devil don't want that, so he's going to stop the praise and worship. He's going to stop that. So we have to make a choice to move past that. We have to make a choice in our praise and worship time, whether it's personal or whatever it is. So if we do it in our personal prayer time, we're going to be ready to go on Sunday morning, right? <laughs> so, so if we do that in our personal prayer time, then um, you're going you're gonna, to, you may have a battle with the enemy yourself, but just know you have got the victory because he's on your side and praise and worship dispels darkness that's right kicks the enemy out kicks the enemy out i mean you know if god inhabits the praises does that mean the devil can inhabit too what uh-uh can't both be in the same place if you're going to worship and praise god the enemy has to go and so sometimes when we do praise and worship and we pray and and things change and shift well, see, the demonic influence that maybe was motivating somebody leaves. If they don't want to let go of it, they'll leave too. You see what I mean? I've seen that a number of times in my life. When I've prayed with people when they've had tough situations. And the, in the minute that, you know, um, you get God on the scene, the devil doesn't like it. And so if that person doesn't want free, they'll go. If they don't want free at that minute, I'm not saying they won't ever want free. You know, but anyway, um, you know, we want to worship it's because it's who we are. We are a spirit being. We have a soul. We live in a body. And we're just, our spirit man would love to be praising all the time. I mean, that's what we're going to have to do when we get to heaven, right? We're going to be praising all the time. So it would be good practice to be doing that now. Right? Good practice. When you're praising on Sunday mornings, think about you're an example to other people maybe that will come in and never experience that. You're an example to your children. We're supposed to be training our children up in the way they should go. They should be, they should be seeing us worship. They should be seeing us praise the Lord. Not only here in church, but also in our homes. When they see there's a problem, worship and praise and sing songs of love to God, and pray in the Spirit, read your word, confess that he is Lord of your home. We should be doing those things. Amen? Amen. Okay, so... So when when you're worshiping, just picture yourself. Like me, I'm, I'm standing up here, and being an example to everybody you're around. 
an example to the people behind you that have never, never worshipped, never lifted their hands. They want to see that genuine worship coming from people that are born again, that love God. They want to see that. They want to see that. This is an expression of, of faith because you believe God is and he's who he says he is. I love you too, Father. I love you too. I worship you because you're real. You're real to me. You're real. I love you. I love you. Say that out of a heart of love for the Father because he is real. Amen? Okay. What better way to train the next generation for them to see us worshiping and praising? I mean, what better way? Amen? Matter of fact, we'll probably move a little bit towards that or incorporate that in the children's church downstairs. I think we do some in nursery already, but I like them to be able to understand what worship is too and praise, okay? Um, So I want to talk a little bit um, about, let's see. Let's go to Psalm 104, I think. 104. And this is kind of the beginning part of this. Did you know? Do you know? There is no place in the Bible that says hallelujah. (laughs) Did you know that? The hallelujah is not in the Bible. King James, it's not in the Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. H-A-L-L. It's not in the Bible. And if you put in hallelujah, 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 if you put that in, it's only in the Bible four places, and all four of them are in Revelation. All four of them are in Revelation. So, what does that mean? Well, um, Isaiah, or Psalm 104, um, 104, 35. I want you to see this is the last, last verse in 104. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. And I don't know if you have a Bible right behind it says, Alleluia. Do you see that? Alleluia right behind that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alleluia means praise the Lord. And what they did, what they did is they, they did like a halal. Halal is the first part, Greek word. Halal. And then Yahweh, they took Yah. Halal, Yah, which means praise the Lord. Does that make sense? Halal, La. Okay. And so um, this is the first place right here, this 35 verse is the first place you actually see the Halal, La, Yah. <laughs> halal, Yah. It's, a, it's the first place where it says praise the Lord. That actually means hallelujah. And so... Um, in, in this Old Testament, is, is, um, this is talking about overthrow of the wicked. And in um, that first hallelujah, and the New Testament is connected with judgment. And that's in Re- Revelation 19. There's, I think there are, all four of them are kind of right there together. I don't, know, I don't have the verse down on that, but, but this is the first place. So what I want, I want you to understand is that, let's go to Psalm 150. There's a whole bunch of... Right after this 104, there's a number of places. You can probably find them in your word that start out, praise the Lord. Like 106 starts out, praise the Lord. And then um, I think 105 did too, didn't it? Um, um, 
It might be at the end. Yeah, it's at the end in verse 45. Praise the Lord. So you keep going. There's a number of them throughout there. I, I have them written down, but I wasn't going to give them all to you. But you go over here to Psalm 150, the very last one. And this is how important praising the Lord was. Psalm 150, praise the Lord. He starts out with that. But at the very last verse, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. He's making it real clear to the body of Christ. You need to be praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. Amen. And so um, let's look. I want you to look. Well, I guess I, I was reading that out of the Amplified. Uh, let's, I'll look at that. I'll read it to you out of the Amplified for just a second here. Um, Okay, I'm going to read this on the Amplified, verse 1 of 150. Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the heavens of his power. And then verse 6, let everything that has breath and every breath of life praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. And then it goes hallelujah in the Amplified. So hallelujah is praise the Lord. Okay, now I want you to turn over to 1 John, please. 1 John, this is what I was talking about a little bit ago. 1 John 1. First John chapter 1, verse 5. And I'm reading this out of the Amplified. Um, And this is the message, the message of promise, which we have heard from him. And now we're reporting it to you. God is light. This is what I was talking about. The light dispels darkness. God is light. That's who he is. And there is no darkness in him at all. So if we invite him into our presence, what's coming into our presence? Light is coming into our presence. And so if light is coming into our presence... Where's the darkness going to go? It's going to go. It's going to be dispelled. Amen. So God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. So we can't see God two different ways. We can't see him two different ways. We can't see him a God of darkness and a God of light or that he's coming. When he comes and you welcome him to come into your presence, then darkness has to go. That's why in a service... We've had that happen here. That's why in a service that when people step into the church because the presence of the Lord is here and they get healed immediately when they come in. We've had that happen. People or the pain will leave their body because light dispels darkness. Yes, yes. And so we welcome his presence. Okay, um, so in that, in that scripture verse, we look at it, we know, we know God inhabits our praises. So, and we know God shows up, his light comes, his glory comes. You want to get the glory of the Lord in the, in the services? You want to get the glory? It comes, amen? It comes when we welcome his presence and we start worshiping him. Um, uh, when we sing praises, we are, or say hallelujah, God begins inhabiting our praises immediately. Immediately he comes. Um, Let's look at one more Psalm 44.3, please. And then um, I I forgot to have Norma. I want you to share. You still want to share a minute? I'm I'm not. You're just going to do it anyway. So, Norma. 
Norma. <laughs> okay, that's where you curve, Norma. Okay. Psalms 44.3, for they got not the land of Canaan. I, I did this out of Amplified. I think in other versions it's, it's a, it reads a little smoother, but I wanted you to see that it was the land that they were going in to get, the promised land. For they got not the land of Canaan in, in possession by their own sword. They didn't do it themselves. They didn't do it themselves. But who helped them? Neither did their own arm save them, but your right hand, who's your there? God's right hand and God's arm and the light of your countenance did it because you were favorable and did and, and did delight in them. So we so they they got the presence of the Lord was able to get them the land, the promised land, the presence, you know. And you remember a number of places like when they went in to take Jericho, they marched around and were praising, shouting at the very end, you know. God's presence, God's presence, amen? I, I wanted, Ruby had something too I wanted to share, and then we're going to do something else. I, it's okay, it's 12 o'clock, it's fine. If you have to leave, if you have an urgent appointment, you're welcome to go, but go quietly. Ruby, you want to share what you got on a Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago? Do you have that? And then Norma, I want you to share what you remember last Sunday, I, we had the, I asked people if they, if they, if there was anything that they had sensed or, or picked up or heard in the spirit and uh, nobody said anything Well, Norma talked to me later about it. And so you got it written down, huh? You got it wrote down, Norma? Uh, I don't have it written down, but I got the word. The rough idea. Okay. Oh, Ruby, go ahead. Do you want to, would you come and I'll hand you the, the mic here and, um, Where's that? Um, this was a Wednesday night. And this was Wednesday, August 3rd at um, prayer. And um, so I wrote this. <coughs> Excuse me, fighting nest allergies. Um, you're calling out for your bride. You're calling out for your church. You're crying out for lovers. You're calling out for intimacy where our hearts beat as one, where your will becomes ours, where our heart aches for what your heart aches for. You're calling us to intimacy, lovers of your presence. You're calling out to us to come to your love chamber to bask in your love and presence, where your glory overflows and our eyes are full of you. And I just, I just want to say that the more, I know for my personal life is that at first, it used to be a chore, like, oh, my gosh, to spend that time with him alone at home, to make intentional time to spend in worshiping him, just praising him. But the more, um, there's something Natalie said that the discipline feeds a desire, and then the desire feeds the discipline. So the more that you do that, the more, it's just like when you spend time with someone and you build that relationship and you love him, you're so in love with him and you just crave that time. Like, I look forward to spending that time with him. And that can be cultivated in your lives. And I encourage those who, Zach and I don't have children, so we spend that time together and worship with the Lord. But if you have children, like, just gather your whole family together. And they will imitate what you do. They will, they will, they will pattern that. Can I give a quick testimony of Nathan and Mila? Yeah. Real, real quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, 
And it's not because Nathan's a pastor, but it's just because he does this in his home. He pastors in his home. Not only at church, but what he does in, what you do in your home makes a big difference. And so there was two examples. There was one time he said they were at Aldi's grocery shop and he had this little girl in the car and they were there. And she said, <clears throat> she said, Daddy, I don't think there's some people in this store that are saved. Can I sing? And because they worship the Lord together, the family. And so she started singing and it was some people, you know, that were believers and were like, Oh, God bless you, little girl. And some people, you know, bring conviction because she was worshiping and praising in that presence. It, you know, another thing that it brings, it brings conviction. It brings conviction to our lives. If we're not, if there's areas in our life that aren't lining up with him, like it'll bring that conviction. And another awesome thing was, is that there was one service when um, Nathan and Richard had done the service and they, it went kind of longer, but there was just like a holy reverence in the sanctuary. And there was people um, at the front, like on their knees crying and just all this. And the children had been um, in children's church and there was, it went kind of long. So they, the nursery people ended up dismissing the children to go in the sanctuary. And Mila, when she walked in that room, I knew it wasn't just because she's seen other people kneeling, but it's like that reverence, like she recognized the presence of God. And she went up without anybody telling her. Some of the other kids were still kind of talking and laughing or doing their thing. But like she went up and she got on her knees and she lifted up her hands and it was like, so it's like, it's something so awesome that you can do in your home. It doesn't, you know, so when you do that at home, you bring that in and your children, I mean, it's just awesome. You don't have to tell them to serve God, to worship God. You do it. They're going to do it with them and they're going to, it's going to be amazing. A revival in your home. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Ruby. Norma, please. Do you want me to bring it back there? Would that be easier or you want to come up? I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Okay, okay here. Speaking the microphone, but. Well, yeah, it's okay. When, when you're done, just hand it to Jerry. He'll turn it off. Uh, <laughs> this seems really weird because I've been telling Francis and um, Roberta that I never, you know, people talk about God speaking to them and he doesn't speak to me. And, uh, she yeah, has to change that confession now yes. though, because, <laughs> because he did, didn't he? Yes, he did. Um, what I saw was, and I, when I described it to Roberta and Francis, I said it was like God was hovering over, uh, us in a robe uh, and In it was really, last yeah, yeah. it was really more like a cape, except if you tried to put it in a frame, you wouldn't, you wouldn't reach the edge. Mm-hmm. And it was like he came over from this side for some reason and hovered over us with his arms out like this and the cape filled us in. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he said, I've got this. <laughs> and he was up above. Uh, and then like, it was like um, a chick, a chicken, you know, uh, and they say that the chicken, you know, it, it's its wings out like yeah. this and all yeah. the baby chicks, you know, or under and then the hand is like this because she has all these chicks under her wings. Yes. Uh-huh. That's kind of like it was. Yes, uh, yes. Yes, that would be, that would just be like, I think you played scripture verse to cover that where, you know, the protection and the refuge. Yes. Yeah, I got this. 
Yes, yes. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, and then we're gonna do. We're gonna close. Zach, do you want to switch that over, uh, please? Um, or maybe it's ready to go. But we're gonna do this song. And this came to me this morning, so that was a last minute thing. Uh, you know, just several of these things were were that way this morning. And so, uh, I just want you to. Um, I don't know how many of you know Terry McAlmond. How many of you know Terry McAlmond? Uh, okay. Yeah, he's a. Um, I think he ministers out and about now, and um, he was a worship leader in the big church in Colorado Springs, and, uh, and so um, he does this song. He did not write this song, but he does it the piano. So just take some time to worship him. If you want to stand, that's fine. Just to worship him and worship God, not Terry McCallman, please.